I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Welcome back, everyone. Final segment of Inside Sources on this special Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I hope you're having a good day out there and hope you're taking time to stop and reflect on the things that matter most, the great legacy of Dr. King and those who have followed and the responsibility we all have to do our part to move the country forward. Uh, If you missed any of the segments today, we had uh, Elder Gary E. Stevenson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, who will be speaking uh, shortly at the NAACP annual Martin Luther King Jr. uh, event. And uh, he shared some some great insight in terms of the partnership of these two organizations and what they're doing to lift uh, people. We had Scott Rasmussen, uh, our favorite pollster and analyst, uh, talking about the the natural tensions between the founding documents and the performance, the behavior of the American people, and how Dr. King's vision uh, encompassed all of that, both the founders and the founding ideals, uh, as well as driving our behavior to live up and be congruent with those ideals as we march forward. And if you uh, just missed our last segment, we had uh, Reverend Amos Brown, uh, pastor of the historic Third Baptist Church of San Francisco, join us live on the line from San Francisco, uh, noted civil rights leader, and as we mentioned, one of the last students to be trained and taught by Dr. Martin Luther King before he was tragically assassinated. Uh, and it was, so it was great to hear from Reverend Brown. He's a, an extraordinary soul, uh, an incredible memory, and uh, so many great insights that we learned from him today. So if you happen to miss any of those segments today, this is the day you want to make sure you have downloaded the KSL News Radio app, uh, brought to you by our friends at Any Hour Services, so that you can go back and listen to those uh, podcasts of each of those segments. Uh, some great things for you to think about as you move through your day today. All right. In our final segment, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the principles we learned uh, towards the end of the life of Dr. Martin Luther King uh, and even some of those that happened after he was assassinated. Uh, Many of you have heard me uh, mention on this program before that I I am still convinced that one of the greatest speeches delivered in America uh, was actually the remarks delivered by Bobby Kennedy uh, the night uh, after Martin Luther King was assassinated Uh, He was not in a friendly territory. Uh, He was in a neighborhood that was described at the time as a a ghetto. Uh, The crowd was uh, anxious and upset uh, already, very agitated, and uh, he was going to deliver the news of the the death of Martin Luther King Jr. He was advised uh, not to go into the neighborhood. He was advised uh, both by security as well as his staff that uh, they couldn't protect him if he was to go into that environment. Uh, But Bobby Kennedy scratched a few notes uh, on the back of a card and stepped up 
into the bed of a truck uh, to address the group. And I, if you haven't listened to that recently, go on YouTube and uh, and listen to that entire speech. But I wanted to play a portion of it here in our final segment today uh, because he went into a space that uh, he was not necessarily welcomed, but he delivered a message that we can all use today. We can do well in this country. We will have difficult times. We've had difficult times in the past, but we will, and we will have difficult times in the future. It is not the end of violence. It is not the end of lawlessness, and it's not the end of disorder. But the vast majority of white people and the vast majority of black people in this country want to live together, want to improve the quality of our life, and want justice for all human beings that abide in our land. With and what dedicate ourselves to what the Greeks wrote so many years ago, to tame the savageness of man and make gentle the life of this world. Let us dedicate ourselves to that and say a prayer for our country and for our people. Thank you very much. All right, those are the words of Bobby Kennedy, uh, delivered again one of the great speeches of American history, uh, delivered on that fateful night uh, after the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to go do that as part of your Martin Luther King Jr. celebration today. Uh, take some time to reflect uh, and look at that. Uh, it is available on uh, YouTube there. You can watch it in its entirety. Very, very powerful, uh, very inspiring. Uh, what I want to close out today with is what do we what do we do next? We always talk about this therefore what moment. What are we going to do different? What are we going to be different? Because it is not enough to talk about Martin Luther King Jr. We we have to act like him, just as all great leaders. And we know that no leader is perfect. We know everyone has flaws and uh, failings of every kind. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they we shouldn't learn the lessons. Uh, of their leadership, their vision, and what they were able to accomplish, uh, because that's the test for us. Uh, we honor best those who have gone before by by living our lives with excellence today. Uh, not too long ago, I had the chance to sit down uh, with my good friend, Reverend Teresa Deer. Uh, she is from Chicago, and Reverend Deer and I have absolutely nothing in common uh, by the standards of the world. Uh, she is black. I am white. She is a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I come from a family of 11 children. Uh, She was in more foster homes uh, before she was 11 uh, than I had siblings. And you can go on down the list of all the reasons why the two of us would not come together in a friendship. Uh, But it's the principles. We always talk about principles on this program. uh, And it is principles that can bring people together, that can build bridges of understanding, that can lead us to higher ground and to a better view of what's possible. And so I sat down with uh, Reverend Deer. And I asked her, you know, what should we what should we do in this nation? What we sh- what should we do individually rolling into 2020 and what could be a very divisive political year? What can we do to make it a better year for each of us individually, for our families, for our communities and for this country? One of the things that I tell all of my friends, my white friends, I tell them you need to get a black friend. And my black friends, I tell them, you need to get a white friend. Mm. And they're like, you know, well, what's the value of that? <laughs> and I tell them, you will learn a lot. Yeah. 
because the uh, white world, in my opinion, is quite different from the African-American world Mm. and vice versa. And so we can learn a lot about each other. Uh, We can learn uh, about the historical context and the struggle, if you will, of the um, African-American people in the United States and why that struggle influences the way mm-hmm. that we respond to things today. I think that's a really, really important and a courageous conversation. Yeah. Because when you have primarily been a homogenous white male or white female organization, and then you invite an African-American to the table and they have a different perspective or they have a different volume Mm -hmm. on how they respond to something, and you may think it's an anomaly or strange or weird or whatever, but that's normal to them. But the way that you get to the why is having that courageous conversation. So important. There are so many courageous conversations that we need to have in this nation. We need to have them in our communities. But it takes uh, putting your comfort zone aside, as both Reverend Deere and Reverend Amos Brown shared with us today, that uh, we can find that common interest. Uh, and as I look at it, uh, it's it's about vision. Uh, vision requires leadership. Uh, it's absolutely true that anyone, anyone can drive a wedge. And you can drive wedges by striking with blunt force the, the bias, the mistakes, the misunderstandings of the past. But we should remember that it, it takes a leader. It takes a leader with vision to build a unifying and clarifying bridge to those that we don't understand. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King said it this way. He said, an individual has not started living until he can rise above the narrow confines of his individualistic concerns to the broader concerns of all humanity. So true success comes when we transcend our personal prejudice, our egos, and our own agendas in order to focus on making a difference for others. Uh, That's the ultimate test. That is the ultimate test, uh, is being able to to really move beyond our own interests and our own comfort zones uh, to get out into the the bigger, broader world. Uh, And we do that by coming together, uh, going beyond the divisive rhetoric of the day, where we can create a clear, inclusive focus and expanded view of Dr. Martin Luther King's vision. And how do we do that? We do that by linking and locking arms with our brothers and sisters from all walks of life. If we do that, charity will turn to civility, civility to empathy. And through the vision, we can figure out that we really are all alike in so many ways. And we can begin to discover the divine potential we all have contained in the content of our character. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on a special Martin Luther King Jr. edition of Inside Sources. And as always, honor the legacy of Martin Luther King by seeing something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. 